What's going on, guys? Sam Comenti here with you. We are about to go back in time and listen to the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge tell you guys about some of the best coaching candidates available for our Sacramento Kings this offseason. We're going to hit the rewind button and take you back to the last couple coaches she listed before we dive in to the rest of her list here in uh, future episodes. So thanks for listening. Enjoy. And as always, even though it's not always the easiest, go Kings. So, yes. So first one is um, Darvin Ham. <laughs> so <clears throat> after transitioning from a player to a coach seamlessly over a decade ago, Ham has accrued plenty of experience throughout his time in the coaching ranks. After he left the league, he started as a G League coach with the Albuquerque Thunderbirds. They are no longer. Um, but he worked in his role for a couple of seasons before becoming uh, the team's head coach in 2010. The franchise eventually relocated to Canton and are now the Canton Charge, which is the Cavaliers G League affi uh, affiliate. So his job there, from there, because he did well, led them um, to him being called from the Lakers, and he ended up getting hired as a player development coach for the Lakers. So he's now spent 11 seasons as an assistant, two with the Lakers, five with Atlanta, and four with Milwaukee. So all good organizations. Um, that experience, coaching experience, has come under uh, some more of the modern forward-thinking coaches like uh, Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta um, and Milwaukee. Mike D'Antoni was actually the one who was uh, with the Lakers uh, when they brought him over. And so two good, two good ones, right? Um, so that goes on top of as a player, he played with coaches like Larry Brown, George Carl, Terry Stotts um, during his uh, eight-year NBA career. So, and I know um, when you're watching a game, sometimes you'll hear Mark Jones or other ones going, oh, that's the hammer play. Um, the hammer play is actually uh, George Carl designed for Darvin Ham. It was actually created off of, off of him because he was always uh, the big man that did the spin move and threw it, um, threw it to the three across the court in the corner. Um, and so that ham hammer play is from Darvin Ham. So that's a new interesting fact of, Anyone did not know that before. I do not. Um, he's been uh, considered one of the top assistants in the NBA for years. So this was said all the way back in 2017. Ham is the kind of guy, not unlike his boss, Mike at the time, who could probably be happy for years as a top assistant. But one, sus um, one suspects that like um, Budenholzer, he'd be cheating himself if he didn't throw his hat in the ring at some point for a head coaching opportunity. So I don't know if people realize how stacked that Atlanta coaching staff was. I think he's one of two that has not been given a head coach opportunity, but it had um, Quinn, it had um, Kenny Atkinson, Snyder, yeah. um, Boo, um, uh, Ham, um, and they were all under, all under Mike. And so, and Taylor Jenkins from Memphis. Um, like it, it's crazy. And so there was some sort of stat, I think I saw last year where it was like um, over 25% of the playoffs were consisted of guys from that <laughs> coaching staff. Like it's just, they've all gone on to be successful. Wait, so, was that the 2013 team that made the finals? 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and so good. he actually won a ring as a player 
in Detroit in 2004 under Joe Dumars. So that's another connection. Ooh, there you go. Um, so he coached under Mike, right, who has the kind of money connection, and then he played under Joe. Uh, he's known for understanding how to get a message through to a player without damaging an ego. That's a huge skill set for a coach in today's NBA. Um, Ham has a reputation reputation for being hard-nosed, but a great worth ethic. Something that happened recently was, I know we all saw DeMarcus Cousins was signed to the Milwaukee Bucks. Who did they fly out to um, Las Vegas to work out DeMarcus to see if he would be a good fit for the team or ready? Ham. And what did DeMarcus Cousins say? He put him through the ringer. He did not make it easy on him. Like, And this is the thing when it comes to being, he's able to work you out without damaging an ego or bruising an ego or making someone like, oh man, why is he coming at me this hard? You know, like it worked. It works. How his approach, how it comes across um, works. So he was first hired um, in a player development role with the Lakers and has carried that title along um, with uh, his assistant coach last 11 seasons. So he's always kind of been that like player development slash like associate head coach. Um, over the past eight years, Ham uh, has oversaw the development of players like Dennis Schroeder, Tim Hardaway, Terry on Prince, Chris Middleton, Giannis Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo, um, the emergence of Pat Connington and working with, um, you know, the Buck staff, uh, in Atlanta, you also saw guys like um, Kyle Korver and things like that. Um, something that Ham also says is uh, most times offense is fleeting. Um, so he told this to Gail Kloppa of the Bucks flagship podcast. So most times offense is fleeting. No one knows who's going to come to the gym and have shots go into the baskets for them. Defense is something you can get right almost every night. Nothing is 100% perfect, but there's a lot of um, excellence involved in defense, and you can really give yourself a chance to win if you're focused on that end of the court. Good defense leads to good offense. The opportunities you can create for yourself offensively mostly comes from the defensive end. Whether you're causing the other team to turn the ball over, take a shot they're not looking for, force a player to keep the ball for the majority of the shot clock is one of the things that you can really get right when you work at it. You know me, I push for the defense. To me, yep. this team doesn't have their, I'm not, I've never usually worried about their offense. Like, but this is always my thing. This team, when they're not shooting 100%, completely folds. They don't have anything to fall back on. This is a guy who preaches of learning how to win by at least having something to fall back on. Right. And I mean, he's coached for teams like that Atlanta team. People weren't expecting them to be, you know, what they were, um, which is why people were so impressed with the Kenny Atkinson, with the Darvin Ham, with those player developments. Like, look, you're getting the most out of these guys. And they've continued to do that with the Bucks too, right? It helps, yes, when you have a star around you, but they've made everybody else around that star excel in their role and that's something that the kings haven't always done um very well so right. to me that's and then the last too. yeah and just last year um he was a finalist for the the pacers job and he was a finalist for um the washington wizards job and we know the wizards ended up going with unsold but again you saw like kind of two defensive guys um and in the, the final, the final and so yes and and like they said 
even back, I mentioned that 2017 quote, he could be a guy that could be happy as a top assistant for years, kind of like a, um, uh, why am I drawing the blank? But um, Elson Turner, right? Like who everyone always said, that man should be a coach somewhere, but he's always, he has spent his career as, an associate, associate coach. coach, but he's always, but he has thrown his hat in the ring. He just never got, he never got the job. And so um, Ham is kind of being that similar so far in the 11 seasons where he's thrown the ring in and made it to the finals and has just never been given that, that real opportunity. But to me, it, it speaks volumes that um, again, he's been successful wherever he's gone and he made it by working himself up the ranks, right? Like he started as a G league coach and, and worked his way up as player development um, and through that way. And the best of the best respect him and, and say he works with me without bruising an ego. And that's another thing that the Kings have had issues with where we're not even stars with bruised egos. We, you know what I mean? Like that our players get bruised egos, which we feel like, why? Like, we, right. I know you're an NBA player, but you're not a Giannis or, you know, you're not an all-star yet. You're not anything that would be a, a, something that we necessarily weren't that. So, um, Darvin Ham, really cool, really respected guy. And um, I appreciate his, to me, where he would fit the Kings would be bringing more of the defensive mindset and um, player development. So. How well that fits with McNair and his philosophies. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Right? That's what I mean back on is what McNair would be looking for in a coach. Darvin Ham is an outstanding coaching candidate. Yeah. I, I, and, and that's where we have no idea with McNair, right? Like yeah, we, that's fair. we have, He's never we run have his own no search. idea because look, I mean, if we heard Chris Finch was this guy, I mean, that's he true. was a big man coach. He's not like some and run and done yeah. defense. So, um, and it's worked. You know, and, and this is my thing is like, He's worked under and been coached under every kind of of coach. Um, and as he said, he just tries to to grab it and apply it to how he, um, I mean, Mike, Mike D'Antoni, Larry Brown, George Carl, Terry Stotts. I don't think that's like they all coach one way. That's a pretty um, wide spectrum of sure. Of guys, so yeah, but that's the a biggest thing is, is we don't know what Vignar want. Like we we don't. So, um, yeah. So Darvin Ham. So Darvin Ham, associate head coach currently in Milwaukee under Budenholz. He played for the Bucks, yep. did he not as well? Back he in did, the day. and that's yeah. that was under George Carl. And when the Hammer play was gotcha. was created, you were correct. And then um, coach, and I think it was Ray player. Allen at the time. He he was throwing him to the corner to Ray Allen. So, yeah, and that'll if work, I'm not usually. mistaken, um, yeah. So Adrian Griffin is my next one. He's another associate head coach. He's with the Toronto Raptors. Um, but another, again, player development, defensive um, oriented. But and when I even say defense oriented, it's not like these guys don't care about offense. Yeah. They just believe that it can't be all about offense. Like the Crazy. good teams have something to fall back on. Right. Crazy, right? So, okay. All right, so some cool facts about Adrian just to start off with. He actually has a son in the G League, currently played at Illinois and Syracuse. He has a daughter at UConn playing basketball. So, um, and then a son at Duke, who just, who, a, yeah, a daughter at UConn, right? Top program. And a son at Duke, uh, who just won freshman conference 
um, freshman conference player of the month. And if he declares for the draft, he's been in the top 10 um, draft discussion. So, What's his name? Uh, Something Griffin. Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, even though he's not the oldest, so yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's his or something. But yeah, so he played uh, college. So interesting enough, um, when Arturis took over the Chicago Bulls job, right? Was it last year? Um, something year interesting was he, most people thought Darvin Ham was going to get the job because, uh, I mean, Adrian Griffin was going to get the job because he played college basketball um, at Seton Hall with um, Arturis. And so I thought that was an interesting thing. He ended up being, I think, one of the finalists, but um, they ended up going with um, Billy Donovan. Blank, yeah, Billy Donovan, who you will come wrap around that Griffin coached under Billy Donovan in OKC. So um, at least the two of them came from the same stock in yeah. the sense that <clears throat> they were both running it. But so he played with him. And then um, he also played under uh, Rick Pitino. And he says, not only was one of the, the best guys I've coached, but also one of the smartest, only a matter of time before he becomes a head coach. He actually went undrafted and didn't enter the league until he was 25. But get this, he was 25, but ended up playing 11 seasons. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, he played 11 seasons, played 11 seasons under Patino, Don Nelson, Jeff Van Gundy, Avery Johnson, Scott Skiles, and PJ Carlissimo. So an, another yeah. good thing. So coaches right there. So he's yeah, he's been an assistant in the league since 2008. So again, uh, Ham 2011. Here was 2008. Two with Milwaukee, two with Chicago, one with Orlando, two with OKC, and four with Toronto. He's been the um, lead assistant or the associate assistant in um, Orlando, OKC, and Toronto. So he's another guy experience, right? He's had three different, you know. The guy just under the head coach jobs, um, but has never, you know, got that one, that one higher. So to me, this was interesting. His last season as a player with Milwaukee, um, Coach Skiles called him, cut him, and in that same phone call said, come be a coach with me. And he was hired to the coaching staff. Nice. Like that. So in that, in that Pop phone that call, his, his, his playing career ended, but his coaching career started. So to me, that told me a lot about what, Skiles and people think about him in terms of a basketball mind that it was, hey, sorry, I'm going to let you go, but I actually want to keep your basketball mind around because I think you can do this. So during the bubble, uh, Nick Nurse actually let him coach a game, like for a full game. He said, I'm not going to coach. So he actually has one win as an NBA head coach. Uh, the Raptors came back from 16 down to beat the Sixers in the bubble. Um, so he got his first win. And after that game, Nurse said, it'll probably come back to bite me in the ass because people are going to see that, like, what a good job he did and hire him. Um, and so, but he said, it, I felt like giving him, you know, that opportunity. So that was pretty cool. So in his two seasons with the Bucks, they improved uh, 20 games. Not saying it was just him, obviously, but he was part of the staff that accomplished it. Uh, when that same coaching staff left, the team dropped back 10 games the next season. So in those two seasons, they went up 20. And then after they all left, they dropped 10. 
His next stop was with Chicago, and that was from 2011 to 2015. He was an assistant and player development under Coach Dibbs. And so he actually calls him a father figure and says that um, a lot of his basketball philosophies come from him. And so he says he's not as much of, of a hardhead, but um, the X's and O's at least um, will come from him. And, you know, a very well-respected coach. Um, so he was there along with um, guys like Derek Rose and Joachim Noah. And while he was there, um, Rose was the young one winning MVP. Um, something interesting was um, Jimmy Butler uh, got the most improved player in 2014-2015. And in his speech, he said, all my coaches had a lot to do with my MIP award, but I think Adrian Griffin um, had... Uh, the most impact because he had to deal with me just being unbearable. I think he has a lot to do with who I am. And so Jimmy Butler said as him being that young guy, Griffin had to deal with him being the, why aren't I getting more type thing. And Griffin had, he said that Griffin had to kind of in the same way that they mentioned ham, like how can I work with you without hurting the ego? Your right. time will come. Your time will come. Keep working with me and doing this. And we will get there. And I mean, Jimmy Butler, who, you know, great player, says that great Adrian Griffin too. is, yes, um, is why he is, you know, or that he credits him for the trajectory that that he took. So awesome, right? Um, so he spent one season um, after he left the Bulls, he spent uh, one season with Orlando back under Scott Skiles again. Uh, they finished with 35 wins, and that was the young Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, when they first came into the league. Um, he was only there for one year, but because he got the job as the lead assistant in um, OKC with Billy Donovan, and he was there from 16 to 18, where he worked with Russell Westbrook. Um, and uh, interesting enough, Rose won the MVP while he was there. Westbrook won the MVP while he was there. and um, they obviously had a good relationship because the Wizards, he was another interview of the Wizards last year, and they were using specifically if they wanted to keep press. So that was the route they were going if they had decided to keep press. So I think that's a pretty big um, kudos to, to Griffin yeah. in that sense of he would be able to handle that. Um, the wins went up. Obviously, we know while him and Billy Donovan were there, they had good players, obviously, as well. Um, he worked with Jeremy Grant. And Grant actually credits the trainer, Mike Davis, and Adrian Griffin with helping him become the better player he was during that season. He says, his confidence comes from my work. The more work I put in, the more confidence I put out onto the court. He also credits him for uh, helping him better finish at the rim. So again, we're seeing a list of players who got better, who were crediting him with getting there. Um, next is Toronto, where in his first season, they won the championship. We've seen growth in guys like... Uh, and this is consistently, not just his first year there, right? Like he's been there for at least three, four years now. So Fred Van Fleet, Siakam, Norman Powell, Gary Trent Jr. Um, once he was traded there, um, they helped lead Toronto to a top five defense in 2018, 2019. And even when Kawhi left, they still finished in a top five defense again the next year. So again, they got the good role players to buy in and, and do what needed to be done. Um, 
nurse says that he adjusts his duties to different staff. That way everyone has a piece of experience and knows all aspects of scouting the game, game plans. And he thinks uh, Griffin is ready for that next step. So Griffin says one of the biggest things he learned from Tibbs was regarding preparation. And he said he's used this when he's been tasked with the Toronto stuff. So he said Tibbs was a master of attention, attention to detail. He knew how to put a game plan together that neutralizes our opponent's strengths and tries to exploit their weakness. I learned a lot from him, just his approach to managing a team and all the details that go into it. They would have 20 minute walkthroughs of opposing team plays. And he said players realized after they left, after they were leaving the team, that that wasn't always done elsewhere and that they kind of missed how much prep work was put in that at the time, maybe it was like, oh man, we got to do this for the 17th time now, you know, out of 20. But then once they left, it was like, oh damn, they're not even doing it 10 times here. Like um, that they missed that kind of, they hated the preparation at the time, but you, you miss it after the fact. So the fact that players were even vocalizing that I think speaks volumes um he's worked with elite guards and he's also got bigs to buy in defensively so again you're seeing that he's hit both you know wings and bigs as well as um getting uh guards to buy in so all things that that we could use here um something i thought was interesting that he said was what's happening especially i think in the younger generation is that they have this perception that everything is supposed to go well But really in life, there's a lot of ebbs and flows, a lot of highs and lows, a lot of peaks and valleys, and you got to learn how to navigate through those things. Um, If I would have given up years ago, I wouldn't be standing here where he was today. This was a guy, right, like we said, who who wasn't in the league until 25 and lasted 11 years. And I think what he hit is spot on. And we hear this in quotes with a lot of these young guys. They've never, they've never had to deal with this before. And their biggest, you know, downfall is how do I handle the things not going well? Because I've been the star wherever I've gone. I've never lost these kind of games before. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are the best of the best. And so they were always winning. Um, And he made a great point of that. um, It's normal to have the ebbs and flows, but we got to get you in that mindset and to learn how to to stay mentally strong as as you overcome that. So um, just as a recommendation, um, if you want to know more about him, there's a really cool podcast on YouTube. Um, it's by Basketball Immersion. It's called Basketball Coaching Conversations, and it's episode 118, and it's called Adrian Griffin Developing a Coaching Philosophy. It's like an hour long of just I'm him sure talking about his history and what he's learned under different coaches and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, again, two two guys that have been around for a long time that have just never been given that opportunity. And it's not because they haven't deserved it. Right. It's as we say, there's only 30 jobs here. Um, so to me and the, in this sense, they're, they're newbies, but they're not newbies because they've been around it all. They've won championships. Like they've played with stars with non-stars, like they, they've, they've seen played. it all. Yeah. Right. And, and they've been associates in multiple places. Like it's, um, and every coach says that they're ready. Where and you don't always get every coach saying that every coaching person on their staff is ready, right? Like that's not just something that's always thrown around. So um, in that sense, it's yes, they are green, but they're not. So um, yeah, just two names uh, for player development. And if you want to look a little bit more defensively, but like I said, 
yes, they, they have that defensive mindset, but they very much, as every player, you know, uh, kudo that I gave, they all mentioned both offense and defense and, and what they did um, to them and, and helping their mentality um, on the court and be uh, mentally strong as well as being physically strong. So. All right, so that concludes the first four that I gave you guys. And so, um, as always, like I said, thank you again for tuning in. And over the next week, uh, we will be getting into some more names. And I am very excited um, for you guys to start learning about, um, you know, the plethora of of names and uh, choices that will be um, available for the Kings come this summer. So. Um, hope everyone has a great rest of the week and I know there's a game tonight and, uh, you know, Sabonis won't be there. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but as always have a good one and thank you guys.